book of Matthew chapter 13 reading with verse 31 Matthew 13 verse 31 that to tell you at Crooksville on Thursday night the anchor of Crooksville that baptized eight people in Jesus name isn't that exciting Amen. Great things, great times. And uh, Matthew 13, 31 says, Another parable put, put forth unto them, saying, and this is Jesus doing this. The kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field which indeed is the least of all seeds. But when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs and becometh what? A tree. Everybody say a tree. So that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. Faith that starts as a seed becomes a tree. So the birds, so the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. I'd like to preach to you today on the purpose of the tree. The purpose of the tree. Amen. The old song says, Like a tree planted by the waters, I shall not be moved. Amen. It's a great time right now to stay lodging at the Anchor Church for what he's getting ready to do. It really is. Something powerful is happening. Something powerful is happening. Amen, amen. The purpose of the tree. Look at your neighbor and say the purpose of the tree. God bless you. You may be seated. Through the scripture, we see a lot of reference to the people of faith being compared to a tree. I mean, in one place it it appears that you're compared to a donkey, but I'd rather be compared to a tree. Look at your neighbor and say, "Amen." I mean, we're also compared to sheep, also goats. I'd rather be compared to a sheep. Amen. But the tree. The Bible talks a lot about trees. Galatians says that they were in the Garden of Eden and there was the tree of life, wasn't it? You find in the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible, you find that it was a tree of life and its leaf gave a healing to the nations and it produced fruit every season, 12 different fruits that it produced every season, every month. It was a constant production of fruit. It was never without fruit. It always had fruit. It was a tree of life. In Ezekiel chapter 47, the Bible talks about Ezekiel's temple that when the river came from the top of the mountain out of Ezekiel's temple flowed down. Amazing that the stream, the further it went, the bigger it became. It was, it's remarkable because it's not necessarily like that unless it has little 
uh, leader lines or feeder streams into it, but the stream that come out of the temple of God multiplied. It went to desert places, and everywhere it touched, it produced trees. Everybody shout trees. And where the trees it produced, it produced trees that would always have fruit. Never without fruit, but always bearing fruit for every month. Interesting is that everywhere the river touched, guess what happened? Life. And everybody shout healing. So the tree of life, it brings fruit and it also brings healing. The tree of life. You read in Psalms 1, it says that we are to be like a tree planted by the waters that shall not be moved and it shall bring forth its fruit in its season and it will, its leaf shall not what? Wither. It will always be alive. And I'm preaching to you is that you're the tree. It really doesn't matter what goes on around us when you are the tree of righteousness. It really doesn't matter the climate or the culture or the changing of the moral, moral status of the world. The tree, no matter the droughts, will always produce fruit. Why? Because it's connected to the river of life. Amen. Hard times are gonna come. I mean, know that. Droughts are gonna come. Frustrations are gonna come. Uh, tragedies are gonna come. Casualties are gonna be a part of this world. But Paul made a statement. He said, I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. He said, height, nor death, nor any other creature shall separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus my Lord. What is he saying? Nothing is gonna remove me from the love of God. Amen. Everybody shout, nothing. We believe in the church that even Romans 8, 28 comes to those that are connected to God. And it is all things, somebody shout all things, work together for the good of them that love the Lord and who are the called according to his purpose. And so I'm preaching today that we are trees. The Bible compares us to trees. Psalms 92 says we shall flourish like the palm tree and we shall grow like the cedar of Lebanon. Can you say amen? Cedar of Lebanon has deep roots. And I hear you out there. I've already heard all this, Pastor Bounds. We gotta hear it again, amen. I did two years on Grow the Tree. Cedar of Lebanon, Brother Nehemiah, can on the end of it, it if forever 10 feet it goes up, it goes 30 feet down. Cedar of Lebanon has a, a, a little hair root that operates like a drill bit. When it gets to a rock, it doesn't go around it, it goes through it. It drills through the rock. Meaning the hard times of life, if you're connected to God, he's gonna allow you to get through it, not necessarily have to go around it and deal with it later. How many believe God's gonna help you get through hard times in him? There was a moment in my life, Brother Garrett, I was grieving in my spirit. There has been, there's been a lot of death. There really has been a lot of death. In the last three, 
three and a half years, I buried a lot of people that I care about. I could cry talking about it. I dealt with a lot of bereavement, a lot of moments of brokenness, of, of the wonderful saints of God that I have buried in the last three and a half years. I don't understand death, and I don't think really you do either with your finite mind. It's hard for us to accept death. Am I right or wrong? It's, it doesn't matter how spiritual you are. You know, we have comforting verses and they feel good, but when you're dealing with the absence of the person that you really care about, you're gonna deal with bereavement. Amen. Blessed is the man that mourns, for he shall be comforted. That's our promise. I will throw this out there. You better be careful to not mourn when you lose a family member. Be careful, careful, careful to jump on medication because of the loss of a family member. That's right. Be very careful because if you delay grief, you're going to have to deal with it later. That's the truth. Blessed are those that mourn. Everybody say it. Blessed are those that mourn. For they shall be what? Comforted. You do need counsel. But be careful to get med medicated on grief. Sister Brown, am I saying this right? Brother Brown, am I saying all right? There, there are grief, grief counselors, grief care. But what I'm saying is you're going to mourn. And I was in grieving and I'd almost felt like I'd had enough. How many's ever been there? You said, I've had enough. Anything else go wrong? And I'm gonna tell you what I did. I, I, I got a hold of God and I called my dad too. I said, I need you to come up here and pray with me. I need a prayer. Your pastor needed prayer. And we started praying and I'm gonna tell you, as sure as the world, the Lord reached in and pushed that bereavement out of me. It's not that I didn't care. It's not that I didn't care. But it was like a drill bit that said, I'm not gonna get around this. I'm getting through it. And how many know God will help you get through things that you never get over? Come on, I could have I could have broke down the tears right there when I start talking about the wonderful saints of God that are not with us anymore, that went on to be with the Lord. But I'm gonna tell you right now, with God, all things are possible. Don't you try to go through this life by yourself, not praying without a church family. You need God to help you get through. You need God. Somebody shout, you need God. Amen, amen. Brother Nehemiah, ministries are needed more than ever before. That's right, wisdom, biblical wisdom is needed more than ever before. We are living in a broken world. Everybody shout a broken world. When you begin to understand the tree, what is the purpose of the tree? What's your purpose? What's your purpose? He goes on and talks about our faith and compares our faith to a smallest seed of the herbs. He it says it's the smallest uh, um, it's the smallest seed of all. Isn't that what it says? Like to a grain of mustard seed, which is a man took and sowed in the field, and which indeed is the least of all seeds. Everybody shout, the least. Faith always starts small. To every man is dealt a measure of faith. There's no true thing, such thing as a true atheist. They really didn't believe, they wouldn't care. Atheism is it's a religion. Evolution's a part of that. Trying to prove that we came from something besides God. That's right. Why am I on this? I'm gonna stop right here for just a minute. Trying to prove that God's not existent and get caught up in trying to prove this thing. But deep down, they asked the atheist one time, they told him when he was dying, they said, you need to hold on. He said, I don't have anything to hold on to. 
And I would not want to be in a place of not believing. Come on, it's true. I don't know I'm preaching. Maybe somebody online, I don't know. But I'm going to tell you right now, we need faith in our heart. You need to quit, you need to quit fretting about every situation and start believing that God is going to take care of it. It's not heaven yet, but we're going to get through this. Come on, somebody shout, we are going to get through this. He didn't, he didn't take his disciples through a journey for three and a half years with no storms and no sickness and no death. I mean, he walked from, he walked from chaos to chaos, did he not? But in all these cases, what did he do? He raised them up, opened the blinded eyes. He showed them all these things and they asked all these questions and he just showed you that with me it can all be fixed. How many believe God can fix everything? Yeah. Amen. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, God is in control. I want you to say it to your neighbor. Quit being afraid and start believing. I feel like somebody ought to shout to that. I just feel like somebody needs to respond and amen to that. that feel that, that somebody needs to shout amen. Somebody needs to respond. God's in control. I know it's been tough, but it's not over yet. God's getting you through this. Amen. So faith starts small, begins to grow, and faith grows. Everybody say faith grows. To every man is dealt a measure of faith. That means in man. That's why little kids like, like to, like I did when I was in second grade. Mom got me Superman pajamas. Boy, I had the S on my shirt. They were skinny pants. They were tight. Red cape on my back. My uncle says, I'll never forget coming to your house and you was jumping from couch to chair, you know. Yeah, I, Superman. Boy, I love Superman. I dreamed one night flying off the corner of my school building. Rescuing the girl that I liked on the playground. Superman. We like to think that there's power beyond us. How many know that's true? Sorry, I loved it when he was little. He's just a little tiny kid. He'd go upstairs and he found a figurine of, of Superman or Spider-Man or Batman or whatever it was. And, and uh, he, would, he, would, he would come down in the outfit. Because kids love to think about a power beyond themselves. And the Bible says the faith of a child. How many know what I'm talking about? This Christmas, they have all kinds of faith about stovepipes and fires and chimneys. And, you know, somehow he gets in there with a hot fire, you know. But what I'm saying is, faith of a child just believes there's no limitation. You tell them they believe it. And the Bible says, if you had the faith of a child, why is it with all of us adults start questioning everything? If we just believe that God didn't bring me to it just to leave me here, he's going to get me through it. God is able. I know I don't understand it. Come on, we need to quit questioning everything and start believing. It's not over yet. It's not over. Somebody shout, it's not over. Glory. He said the faith begins to grow and it's a small seed, but when it grows, it becomes the largest of the herbs. It becomes a tree. It becomes a tree. And then it says, so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. And I guess today that you gotta understand the tree has a purpose. What's the purpose of the tree? So that the birds could come and lodge in the branches thereof. The tree 
has a purpose. Yes, it does have a purpose. It produces fruit. It, it has branches. It produces oxygen. It takes uh, your, your, your carbon dioxide that you breathe out. It takes it in and produces oxygen. It, it does all these neat things, doesn't it? It provides shade, doesn't it? But, but for the bird, what does it do? It was a few years ago, and let me reiterate a couple points about this church specifically. I was in St. Louis, Missouri, and in a, in a meeting filled with probably 60 preachers from all across Canada and uh, United States. And I was in there, and when the preacher, in his devotion, speaking to us in that meeting, in a board meeting, the Spirit of the Lord began to move, and he walked up to me, and he prophesied to me three year, Januaries ago, and this is what he said. He said, the Lord would have me to tell you to focus on the tree. He said, by the tree there's bitter waters and the tree is going to heal bitter waters. And beyond the bitter waters there is abundance. Everybody shout abundance. If you'll focus on the tree, the tree's going to heal bitter things in your life. And beyond the bitterness is abundance. One year nearly to the date I was in Guatemala I have it written down. This is a book that I have written prophecies in this, for this church. In this book, I journal them. And I was in Guatemala in the month of January, a year later, sitting at a table. My brother is, is there with me. And, and uh, Eli Hernandez, who's a prophet of the Lord. How many believe in get five-fold ministry? Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Come on, the Bible says it edifies. The reason people start feeling empty and lacking when they're believers is because they haven't been edified. They, they haven't been in the Word. They haven't had somebody speak to them. You need somebody speaking to you outside of just you and God and you and your Bible. How many know that? The Bible says we are a body and the foot can't say to the hand, I don't need you. The, the eye can't say to the ear, I don't need you or you don't need me. How many know we're a body? You can't do this by yourself. That's the point. You can't do it. You need each other. How many know that? Yeah. And so the fivefold ministry operates as such is that you become edified or you grow. I'm going to tell you why churches sometimes do not grow spiritually is because the pastor is the only voice. He preaches every Sunday, every sermon, all of that. And, and if he doesn't preach, then somebody gets mad because the pastor didn't preach. Because he's got that's what he's supposed to do. He's supposed to preach. That's not true. He is one of the five. His role as a pastor is to, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, he leadeth me. Still waters and green pastures. The goal of the pastor is for the sheep to eat. It doesn't mean he's supposed to hand feed you. But you ought to pastures. And what that means is that there can be another man come to the pulpit and minister to you. Uh, a prophet of the Lord or an evangelist. They have completely different roles. How many believe that? Well, let me edify you right now. And I know I will do most of the preaching here in this pulpit. But you know what? There's going to be other people in here that are called as much as I am for a moment, for a period of time, to confirm, to affirm, and to validate, and to edify. What are they doing? They're speaking. Come on, I know your life. Not, not all in detail, but I'm with you every week. And, and, uh, but somebody can come in that has no clue even your name, where you live, nothing about your family dynamics, and look at you and give you a word. Where's Brother Castle at? Brother John Castle, uh, is, he might be working today. Brother John Castle was a moment of discouragement. He had, he had taken this sign off his wall 
that he had as a motivating factor. He pulled from a, uh, at a conference about his future ministry, what God was going to do. He fell at a conference. He took that sign and, and had put on the wall to look at, to remind him, one of these days, this is what God's going to do in my life and in my ministry. It didn't happen in the timing in which he desired. So you know what Brother Castle did? He took that sign off of his wall, put it in the closet in a moment of discouragement, and he said, it must not have been meant to be. It must have just been passion instead of God's purpose for my life. He put that in his closet, didn't tell anybody, and it goes to the anchor of Cambridge where there's a prophet by the name of Bobby Wade. Bobby Wade in the middle of the service stopped was preaching and he said he pointed at Brother Castle he said Brother Castle you get that sign back out of that closet God's not done with you that is the word of the prophet we need that we need that among us and there's people in this room that you've been discouraged because it hasn't happened yet. But I've come as a man of God to tell you, you press forward because God's promise will come to pass. Somebody shout amen. I know I've said it all, even in the middle of the service, but I want you to look at your neighbor and say, it's not over yet. Tell somebody beside you, I've made some mistakes, but God has forgiven me. And my purpose is unfolding right now. If you believe it, jump to your feet and clap your hands and shout, it's not over yet. Amen. You may be seated. And so, and so Eli Hernandez, I'm in January, same type of ministry. He stops in the middle of his preaching and he says to, and not preaching, we were sitting at a table uh, eating pica de gallo probably and drinking coffee. That's what we do in Guatemala. And uh, we're sitting there and he stops and he prophesies. Prophecy is not limited to a building. That's where you, we miss it. We think God can only move on a Sunday in a church building. Uh, that's right. That's not true. How many know he's everywhere? Some of you to reach your family if you start having a, having a move of God in your home. He told the woman, man, I'm meddling now, but it's Labor Day weekend. I should be preaching shorter, but I, I just feel like meddling for a moment. He told the woman of the well, he said, I'll be in you a well of living water springing up. That means everywhere you go, I'm in you with you. Bless everybody around you. That's who I am. God's not confined to a church building. I can bless the waiter and the waitress. I can bless the co-worker and the family member. I can walk into the hospital room and somebody get a miracle because there's a well inside of me. Somebody shout amen. Do y'all feel like preaching with pastor this morning? I come to tell you divine purposes upon everybody that's gathered here. There's a destiny for your life. Amen. You may be seated. I want you to look at your neighbor and say next Sunday. Pastor's going to tell us how to reach millions in North America. Don't miss next Sunday. Next Sunday morning, I'm going to tell you a dream that God gave me two nights ago on how to reach millions this last time harvest, the gathering into the harvest. I'm going to tell you, I do not, by all means necessary, you need to be here. God gave me a dream two, two nights ago. I was preaching my dream and prayed, God, I see the prophecy, but we need instruction. Right there, the Lord spoke to me, instruction. 
And they gave me instruction. I woke up, but I'm not going to tell you today because I don't feel to. So you come next week. Amen. Next Sunday morning, I'm going to tell you how, how we're going to reach millions in North America. Do you believe it? Say amen. Yeah. And so Eli Hernandez, man, I got to get, I got to get this. I got to get Eli Hernandez prophesying here and uh, sitting at the table. And this is what he says. He said, some years ago, the Lord gave you a seed and the seed became a tree. He said, the tree reached high and produced much fruit. He said, it didn't produce much fruit because of time, but because of spiritual dimensions the Lord had carried you to. He said, but there's going to be a season of loss. A season of loss. And this is what he said. One of the hardest words I've had to live through. Do not be distracted by the loss. He said, because God is going to allow the tree to focus on its roots. And I see a new root system coming out of it. What I would call maybe a taproot coming out of it. And he said, there's going to be a, even a pruning of the tree. It's going to be removed. It's going to allow there to be wind flow, air flow. You have to understand that. And he told me, he said, you need to go study the pruning of the tree. And I have. He said, but what I see now is I see a tree producing more fruit than it's ever produced. It's going to be loaded with fruit. It's more fruit than you've ever, you've ever had at the anchor. Amen. My plane is landing in Columbus from that trip in Guatemala. Brother Chris Fligger, when my plane was landing in Guatemala, from Guatemala, my phone text came through from Brother Burns with a prophecy to me. He said, last night, Heidi, he said, last night I was laying in my bed and the Holy Ghost would not leave me alone for the ministry in Zanesville. He said, God said to tell you he's raising up a mighty army in Zanesville. But there will be casualties. You know what I did when I saw the word casualty? I turned the phone off. You know why? Because I didn't want to think about loss. I didn't feel like dealing with anything negative. Y'all not like that. Y'all got all the wide shoulders. You can, you can bear it all. I didn't feel like dealing with it. And I turned it off because it was about midnight, you know, getting from Guatemala. Later, when I felt rested, I read it that said, there will be casualties, but don't forget the cause is greater than the casualties. Calls. Brother Cody, there's been loss. And since that prophecy, there's been casualties. Brother Burns comes, and then he starts preaching a revival. Gets here. When he gets here and starts preaching, he preaches on a season of blessing. And he preaches on a coat of abundance. How I many know I'm talking about in that revival? And we have experienced that. My dad had a dream. It's the third time the Lord's told me to focus on the tree. <laughs> my dad had a dream not too long ago. He said, in, my, in the dream, I was standing there and I was looking at seven tomato plants that had some fruit on it, but not the amount of fruit I wanted to see at that point. And I was discouraged. And in the dream, there were seven tomato plants. And, and I was looking at that and I said, Dad, it's, you know, looking at that, and he said, well, I said, I just, you know, really didn't say much in the dream. He just see my demeanor in the dream. 
And he said, quit looking at the seven and look. Look. Look at that tree. That tree has every type of fruit you can imagine on it. He said in his dream there was a tree that had every fruit, apples, even tomatoes were on that. Do you know that that is a fruit, not a vegetable? There was apples and tomatoes and pears and peaches and apricots. and There was raspberries and blackberries and grapes and I'm hungry, amen. And uh, it's all over the tree. He said, get your eyes off of that seven and get your eye on the tree because it's full of fruit now. And I come to tell you that tree is Zanesville. That tree is this church. That tree is what God's doing here now. There's fruit in abundance. There, there really is. It's, there's fruit on the vine. There's fruit on the vine. Come here, Brother Gio. Come here, Brother Gio. Come on, Sister Rachel. There's fruit on your vine. Hallelujah. You're looking at our evangelism coordinator that's gonna help us reach this city, amen, through the week. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen, come here, Brother Garrett. Come here, Brother Garrett, run up here, run up here. Brother Garrett, there's fruit on the tree. I've come to tell you, Brother Lee Tharp, there's fruit on your branches. Do you believe that? How many believe that? Come here, come here, Brother Zion. Brother Zion, there's fruit on you. In this church, there's fruit. God has produced fruit. God has brought this church to fruition because he has a plan for to use your life. Is there anybody that says, I'm ready to be used of God? Come here, Sister Vicki Kirkbride. Run down here real quick. Well, you, you walk, you trip and fall. Your husband will be mad at me. Amen, amen, amen. I didn't know kiwi was on that tree, but there's kiwi on that tree. Let me tell you what God has done. God has seen us come through some trials, some death situations. Come on, so many of you have lost people that you love very much and you've grieved, but somehow God's gonna allow you to get through it with joy in your heart. Don't you feel guilty about being happy again? Come on, don't you feel happy? Guilty about moving on. Is there anybody here feel what I'm saying? There's fruit on the vine. There's a harvest to be had. If you want it, shout amen. If you want it, shout hallelujah. Amen, amen. Stand to your feet. There's fruit on that tree. I didn't know, and I was thinking about all these, excuse me, and I'm not trying to categorize, but there is a bumper crop right now, 20s and 30-somethings in this church like I've never seen. I'm talking about hearts for God, faithful to the kingdom, faithful to prayer. And I kept telling people, and not even understanding the dream, probably before ever the dream my dad had, and I kept saying, they've got fruit on the vine. they got fruit on the vine. But I asked this congregation today, what's the purpose of fruit on the tree? To look at me. Come on, to look at you. Look how fruitful they are. The purpose of the tree in Galatians 5 and 22. Look what it says. 5 and 22. My, 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 my. Maybe I need to do this in series. I really don't want to preach that long. But I feel like there's an edifying spirit here. But the fruit of the spirit is what? Boy, boy, it's love. Come here. Come here. I think God's got something special for you. 
You believe that? Come and stand right there. Henry, I believe God. No, don't eat that yet, Henry. Boy, that's hard. I, I have to admit, when I picked up that grape, I thought I ought to give something else to him because I like to eat those grapes after church. Amen. I remember the prophecy of, of uh, James Maroney. My goodness. Y'all okay out there? I was standing in Washington State in a desert irrigated by the Columbia River in a vineyard of grapes. I was out of state. He was here. He was preaching revival. I, I was, there was a crossing of schedules. I was standing as far as I could see. And I was looking at a vineyard as far as I, like mountains of grapevines in rows. And James Baroni prophesied to this church. He said, I see a vineyard of grapes and abundance for the anchor of Zanesville. No accident. Amen. Come here, Brother Kevin. Run down here. Yeah, yeah, come on. Run down here. Boy, he's one of the jolliest people I know. Love him. Get some out of there. Oh, yeah. Carol, you leave those grapes alone. Let me tell you something. Don't settle for anything but the fruit of the Spirit. I'm speaking to this church. I'm almost done. Hey, man, brother, sister Hodge, come here. Come here. Sister Debbie, I saw you back there worshiping God like this. The doctor said there's been cancer in her body, but we don't receive it. We believe that God, and she was still worshiping, praising God. Praise God. We believe there's healing for you. Because the purpose of the fruit isn't to die on the branch. Boy, it is. Better give one to your wife. She's going to get mad at you. Amen. The tree produces. Listen, this tree is a multi-fruit tree. It's multi-giftings and multi-ethnicity and multi-generational, multi-skin color, multi-language. It's, hallelujah, yellow skin and green skin and orange skin and purple skin it's all fruit and it's all needed I'm going to finish the message next week I, I don't have time and I feel I'm going to lose I feel like I'm going to lose its effect if I finish it but I'm going to talk about that bird next Sunday on the branch but I feel like right now we need to make a covenant with God and I'm going to let my faith become a tree I'm not going anywhere come on how many feel that I want all over this room I want you to lift your branch to the Lord come on lift those branches
Come on, all over the room, I want you to reach out to God. The purpose of the tree. God, if you can use anything, use me. Is there anybody here that says, I want to be used of God? Come on, if you need something from the Lord right now, there's fruit on the vine. Branches are hanging low with fruit that you can just reach up. There's healing. There's the Spirit of God. Come on, all over the building. If you need a miracle, if you need a touch of God, I want you to come. I felt fruit hanging off of the tree when I was singing a little bit ago and this praise and worship team was singing. Come on, all over the building, you need a miracle, you need a healing, you need a touch. I want. Come on, don't wait on anybody else. Come. There's healing. Come on, elders. Come on, believers. We don't even believe you have to be a preacher to be fruitful. You can lay hands on the sick and they recover. Can you?